It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. I'm very excited about this next conversation. Uh, ben, I used to have a weekly conversation with our next guest. And Scotty and Hans stole him. Stole him. Now I get him back. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with free Apple iPads to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Joining the show now, coming off a big-time win over Eastern Washington. He's the head coach at Weber State. He's Jay Hill with us here on Jake and Ben. Coach, congratulations. What's going on? I appreciate it, Jake. Ben, how are you guys? We're doing fantastic. Uh, Coming off a win like that, when you've had a a tough season so far, I mean, I I guess just a a a testament to to the program itself and and kind of the endurance, but what does that mean mid-season and and what it does for the rest of your year? Well, it should mean a lot. I mean, it should propel us, jumpstart us into playing the way I felt like we could play all along. Um, I, I've, I've said this multiple times. I mean, I think that's the team that we all knew we had. Uh, it's good to have our guys back, most of them. Um, but still, we go up there relatively banged up and, and play that way. But uh, I, I think it's just going to be that. As we play with our dudes, we can be anybody that we're going to have on our schedule. Speaking of your schedule, Coach, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about this. What, is your AD mad at you or something? That schedule's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's something that we always wanted as we got better and better. You know, to get a James Madison here at home was huge. And, you know, you never quite know that when we played UC Davis, they were going to be a top 10 team. And then when we played uh, Montana State, that they're still a top 10 team. And, you know, Eastern becoming number two. So I, I, I think it's just part of playing in the big sky for one. And then when you schedule the University of Utah and James Madison on the same year, then you're looking down the barrel of a tough schedule, but we had the team to do it. And that's the reality. A couple of injuries didn't necessarily go our way early, but you can't cry over that. That's part of college football. You just got to move on and make the best of it. And I was super fired up for the kids because they did a great job on Saturday at beating a really, really good Eastern team. Uh, and speaking of getting banged up, uh, I'm not sure how much you can tell us, but how's Bronson Barron doing? I know he left the game. Um, he's doing good. So he got a cut on his hand. And kind of tweaked his thumb, uh, but he's doing fine. He threw the ball yesterday. He just got to the point where he couldn't feel the ball very good with his thumb. Um, it was not a huge injury, but one that we had to be smart with. 
Seems like he had a very balanced uh, offensive performance against Eastern Washington. I mean, uh, you gotta gotta love 482 total yards. That's great, but uh, you know, 213 rushing, 269 passing. Is that the kind of offense that uh, is ideal for your program? Ideally, you know, I've said all along we need to do a better job of getting the ball to Rashid Shahid, and he had over 100 yards receiving. Chris Jackson had almost 100 yards rushing with three touchdowns, and I mean, again, we did that without Josh Davis. And then Bronson Barron goes out and doesn't play any of the fourth quarter. And it's just, this has been one of those crazy years where you got to go up and you got to have some guys step up and play huge roles. And we had that that game, which was just awesome to see. How much, or, or I guess maybe the better question is, what are you seeing with such a quick turnaround from last season, which we know was played, what, up through April? What, what are you seeing the effect it's having this year on your roster, on your team, has that changed from what you expected or, or is it changing throughout the year? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, across the country, I don't know. On our roster, we got banged up up front and then it carried over to the fall season because we didn't get, you know, three or four of those guys back until just this last game or two. Um, so that carried over. And then I don't know if the wear and tear necessarily has, but we've had, we've had, uh, I would say more injuries than normal, um, but I don't know what to attribute it to. Was it COVID and you didn't get to work out as well during that 2020 year? Um, was it the extra games added to this season or to this calendar year? I don't, I don't know what exactly to attribute it to, but it seems to be a little bit more than normal. I guess on that note, are you tired of rolling with the punches, Coach? This this season has at least felt a little bit normal, but what an experience for you over the past, uh, well, I guess now a couple of years, right? You know what? I think it's added to the experience. In, in all honesty, it's been a pain in the butt. There's no doubt with so many things that everybody in the, I mean, in the world had to deal with. But I, I've actually think in a way it's kind of made games like Saturday even sweeter to, to overcome the adversity and just to, stuff that we fought through and battled through um, and then to watch your team come out and play like they did, I, I think it just it makes it that much better. What have you seen from Idaho State so far on film? Well, they've kind of been hit and miss. The, some games they look really good and they beat a, you know, a, at the time I think they were number five in the country when they beat UC Davis and then they lay an egg the next game. So they've been a little hit and miss. Uh, the defense has been pretty consistent. Uh, as far as playing well, uh, but yeah, the record I do not believe shows the, what kind of team they are or what kind of team they can be. Okay, I've got to ask you this question. This is pure personal curiosity. So I've I've driven by Holt <laughs> Arena a bunch. Okay, and and I I have never been inside of it. I have never seen a game there. It strikes me as a place where they're probably hurrying you off after the football game because hey, we've got to get ready for the rodeo. It's in tomorrow. I mean, that's purely you know judgy, stereotypical uh, me. But tell me what what is that arena like, and what's it like to play there? It's not it's not bad. It it seems to me so. If you look at that arena and the Idaho's, they're almost identical, but they're flipped on how they go. They go different directions. Um, so, I mean, that's a little weird, but uh, once you get inside, you know, I think it holds eight or 9,000 people, and um, it can get loud in there because it's an indoor facility. Uh, but it, it's good. I mean, it's a good football arena and stadium for 
what they have. So, well, and we know you guys, you know, did such incredible upgrades to your facilities. But I guess, how much does that impact what you're doing when you are on the road, when you are playing away? I mean, it has nothing to do with your recruiting when you're going and playing at somebody else's school and what their uh, what their stadium looks like, but. What's that like? How does that impact the game? Because, you know, I've got to imagine some of the better uh, stadiums that have more comfort might make it a little easier, but does does it impact things much? No, not really, because the reality the reality in college football is no matter what league you play in, every stadium you go into is completely different. So, like, if you're in the Mountain West, you go to Boise State, it's going to be a lot different than Nevada, which is going to be a lot different than one state. The when they were playing in Qualcomm in San Diego or something like that. It's just every stadium is so different. And in the Pac-12, look at the difference in variety of those those stadiums. Washington State versus, say, playing in the Coliseum in L.A. Um, and I think that that's what makes college football so great is every every atmosphere, every stadium, just everything's different. So for a long time, Coach, uh, in the Big Sky, Montana, Montana State uh, did what they did and, and uh, you know, it was kind of everybody else. Um, but now, over the last, you know, you'd probably say five, ten years, uh, you guys have emerged as, as certainly a power. But, you know, look at some of the teams that are doing well. You know, that Eastern Washington team you just played, UC Davis, Sac State. I mean, it, it seems like the conference has gotten better and deeper year after year. What do you credit that? Uh, I mean, are universities investing a little more? Is uh, getting better players? What do, what do you think? Well, I think what happened, Jeff Choate went to Montana State, who's now the co-D coordinator at Texas. Uh, that's when they started playing pretty good again. Bobby Howe goes to Montana, where he had played in three straight national championships before he left. Um, you get Dan Hawkins going back to UC Davis, which has made them good. Brent Vegan, who was the OC at Wyoming, is now the head coach at Montana State. And you just get all these really, really good coaches. Uh, Troy Taylor, you know, who's the OC at Utah, takes over Saxton. And you get these good coaches in here that know the importance of recruiting, know the importance of budgets and doing things the right way because they've been in these Power 5 programs. And the league, the coaching, and just the pressure that every school's putting on the other is just, yeah, I mean, it's a really good league right now. Well, Coach, good luck this weekend. Thank you very much for coming on, and and Ben and I are very excited about uh, having you weekly. Really excited about it. Can't wait. Happy to have you guys. Thanks, Coach. Thank you very much, Coach. We appreciate you. All right, there you go. That is Jay Hill, uh, head coach at Weber State. His weekly visit with us here on Jake and Ben is brought to you by uh, Larry H. Miller Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram up in Riverdale. Uh, Live here, work here, cheer for the Wildcats here. Buy here, Larry H. Miller Chrysler, Jeep Dodge Ram in Riverdale or online lhmriverdale.com. And uh, I've been going up there to that dealership. Troy and his crew up there, they're awesome. You ever been, uh, been to that dealership? I don't think so. It's beautiful. Fairly new, gorgeous. I like your question about having to roll with the punches because, I mean, that, that is just such a – that is life everywhere. I mean, we, we look at these college coaches and you think, you know, you know I mean, he's not coaching at Alabama. Right. You know, no, no offense to Jay Hill. But, you know, he's got a very good job. Weber State's an incredibly successful program. He's done incredibly well there. Uh, they've put support around him. But you look at, you know, again, like – 
there's always a slight, you know, you're always having to play in these weird, different arenas. Or, or there's always some battle you're having to fight. And, and, you know, it's maybe it's because you were having to play in, you know, February, March, and April last year like they had to because they said, we've got to get on the football field. We, just, we can't miss an entire season and, and what it means for those kids and, you know, what it means for the school and the financial aspect of it. You, just, you are always having to deal with one major issue. And it just, it never stops. It doesn't matter what job you have. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't matter, you know, where you land. And, uh, but he's done a really nice job, I think, navigating those things. And that's, that's probably what the best coaches do, is they just find ways to put out fires over and over and over and not let it distract with the success that they have on the football field. Because these guys all know the game. But if you can't handle the other stuff, you're not going to succeed. I just don't know how you keep a team together for a year and a half without playing. Yeah, right. No. How do, how do right. you keep that group of players together, motivated, academically, on the field, whatever? I mean. <laughs> well, how about bringing up Troy Taylor's name? That's not a name I've heard in a while. He's doing well in Sacramento State. Yes, you know, again, that was year. Again, that was the type of thing where, you know, some guys are going to succeed in weird places. And, and maybe it's not, you know, being offensive coordinator for the University of Utah. And maybe that type of system is not going to work in the Pac-12. But, you know. They got a win over Dixie early in the year, and they beat number five Montana. You know, like and Montana beat who was it Washington to start the season. So like, Troy Taylor's teams are going out and winning those games now. So that's pretty impressive. So because it did not work at Utah, no, not true. at all. It did not. But that's not an easy job either. No, being uh, you know? Wits offensive coordinator. Yeah, that's not an easy yeah. job. And again, that's a it's a great job. Is the reason people keep wanting to take that job. But you're always dealing with uh, with something else. You've always got different issues facing you. Well, it's great money anyway. Yeah. I, honestly, I think the, the reason that Coach Ludwig is a good fit at Utah, despite the fact that he still overthinks every situation as evident, uh, you know, last game against Oregon State, he's far from the perfect coach. But Witt trusts him. For sure. I don't think Witt trusted any of his other offensive coordinators. He's even somebody like Dennis Erickson. I don't think he right. trusted Brian Johnson. I don't think he necessarily trusted uh, even somebody like Aaron Roderick, who was with him for so long, right? He yeah. certainly didn't trust Dave Christensen. Yeah, I think you're right. Which we need to find the time on the show to at least play once in a while. Dave Christensen's uh, rant at uh, at uh, Troy Calhoun. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if I do. Maybe we'll have to reset that at some point, where he calls him Mister Howdy Doody. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Maybe we'll, should we play that? Maybe we'll play that for Ben. Do we have? Nah, it? let's not do it next. No we'll do it. Integrity. Yeah, oh no. yeah, I know this one. You yes. Know, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Flyboy. Yeah, Flyboy. Yeah, it's great. Because Air Force was faking injuries to get players on and off the field because yes. uh, Wyoming at the time, right, was was running that up-tempo. You know the last offensive coordinator that Witt trusted before Ludwig, and I think you're right. I think that's what it is. Norm Chow. He yeah, believed in Norm great Chow. Great point. Yeah, and, he and did. Norm was great. Norm came in and was successful and, and kind of ran a game plan that Kyle Whittingham can believe in. in on a team that had no business being successful. Yeah. Because they plucked a quarterback out of obscurity. Yeah. Like a D, was it D2? Nebraska, Omaha. Yeah, the, the yeah. program shuttered. And, yeah, uh, shuttered the program, and that's why they got him. And Chow actually kind of short-circuited things because he left after just that one year to go be the head coach at Hawaii. Yeah, right. But he was good. He was. But probably, you're right, the last offense coordinator of the coach. But Ludwig's very good, too. I mean, Ludwig's found a way to make that work, and he's he's, he's having success, you know? Loves the reverse. Yeah. Loves it. Who doesn't? Critical moments. (laughs) You hear Witt at his press conference yesterday where he was like, I think we're going to try and be a little tougher inside (laughs) the five. Yeah, I think... We're going to think we're going to do less of that and more of, you know, let's run the other team over. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> let's just run the other team over and get into the end zone. That sounds good. Let's let's do less of that. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben. We'll wrap it up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.